Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back on the Oz Network for an episode of 24 that's not nearly as exciting as the ones that preceded it. Uh, but Jack gets to punch somebody and gets to resign, and we get a cool, creepy guest star who always plays the cool, creepy guest star and stuff. And Tony and Michelle are still working through their issues. It's Episode 18 of Season 4, 12 a.m. to 1 a.m., uh, directed by good friend John Kassar, written by not Duppy Demetrius, otherwise known as Joel Cernow and Michael Losef, and uh, it aired April 18th, 2015. So, 2015, yes. 2015, wow. Took 10 years to get through this one day, uh, 2005, uh, so this would have been a day after Jamie's birthday. Aw, oh, Jamie, How old would she have been? Uh, 16, 17, well, somewhere around there. Uh, 89, oh. so 16, yeah. I thought she was the same age um, as me. Never mind. All right. Ne- ne- <laughs> never mind. Too old. <laughs> yeah, too old for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was happy late birthday, Jamie. We got a nice mediocre episode of 24 to talk about for you. My name is Colin, and I have a photographic memory in case you forgot. And my name is Ben, and whatever tension there is between us, I want to apologize for my part in it. As you should. Yes. <laughs> I've been waiting since 2005 or 2015 for you to say that to me. Do you ever imagine back in 2005 that you would know me? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how I think about it. <laughs> Good old Dave. Um, <laughs> anyways, we've got this episode of 24. Oh, don't we? Which uh, there is not a lot going on here in this episode other than a guy lawyering up. Um, a shootout, and uh, this guy, everybody, if you saw his face, you would know David Weiss. From uh, or, Californication. <laughs> what's his actual name? Because Evan, uh, Evan Handler. Yeah, yeah, so Evan Handler here. Uh, this guy's got a face. You know, you sometimes you get those actors where you're like, wow, that's a face that you remember. Like, that sticks out in Their your face mind. face is off, maybe. Um. Yeah, yeah, I want his <laughs> face off. Uh, this guy was in Ransom with Mel Gibson and Rene Russo. Oh, what a man. He was in Sex in the City. A yeah. lot of Sex in the I City. I think he was a uh, pretty prominent person. I mean, I yeah, most people like me, most people like me, Californication, is, he was like the <laughs> second, he was like David Duchovny's like bestie in that, basically. He was the, he was the, if you watch that, he's the Ben Waterworth. He's the creepy, pervy <laughs> guy who works in like uh, David Duchovny. He's like, he's David Duchovny's agent, I think. But um, he's like one of the main stars. He was also in a show, I actually really like the show called The Astronaut Wives Club. 
I've was, got that uh, on my computer, of, which I've never watched it, but it's it's on my it's good. watch list. Yeah, yeah, it's it's basically the history of the early days of NASA, but uh, you uh, are telling it more so from the point of view of the wives, although you still get the astronauts in there. Um, yeah, this guy's the star of the week. I think it's definitely not the other guy. I'm going to tell you right now the the suspect that uh, he's protecting. That guy's bad. Uh, but I, like like a lot of episodes in this season. I think even the forgettable, maybe somewhat bad episodes, they still have some fun stuff in there. Um, it's not, it's not all terrible here. It's just, it's all uh, filler. That's what this would be. This is a filler episode of season four. The 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 Logan stuff's good. The final scene with Jack is okay. Um, it pains me that this was written by Joel Cernow and Michael Losef because I wrote in my my rankings that this whole episode feels like it's a table read. No actor in this episode, I feel, is even... Even Kiefer doesn't show up to this episode. Like, they're just... Mm. To me, everyone is bored in this episode. And, I like, I've gotten the transcript of this episode because there is some woeful dialogue in this episode. Like, <laughs> so bad. And, like, I remember when I watched this last year on my speed watch, like, this was the one I'm like, oh, my God, that is that the worst written episode of 24? No, it's not. But like it at this point of time, I think it is. Um, it's just, just nobody showed up this week. It just, and like this is the last bad episode of this season. So don't get me, don't get sad. This, this is gonna, it's all up from here. But it's just, I don't know. Yeah, you said it's a filler. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just something about it this week that is just like, what happened? Um, and I, I love the fact that I actually, while I was waiting for you to jump on Zoom. I was on YouTube and I just typed in like 24 season four episode 18 promo. And I was watching all the promos for like this season. And I love like classic, like American TV, like, and if you one person against Jack is the government, but if you think that's going to stop Jack, you don't know Jack Bauer <laughs> next Monday on Fox. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm on board. Stay tuned for all new American Idol. Uh, I'm like, oh, who's getting voted in next on Idol? Woo! Um, all back in 2005 on Fox. But um, it was so like, God, they really went over the top to promo this crap episode. Uh, I, I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. I, I do see what you're saying about the actress phoning it in. Like, nobody is memorable this week except for Edgar, who I feel like gave it his all with the worst written Edgar has ever been. And it goes <laughs> like, nowhere. There's no point to him. Like, I'm going to get him in a room for 10 minutes. He's, he's oh. Texan now. But like, if that leads to somewhere, if Edgar goes on a shooting spree, great. Literally goes nowhere. Yeah, this, I felt like this was going to lead towards the Saunders execution in the last season. Like, oh, somebody's Would going have up. Would have made more sense. <laughs> but, but he's given it like way too much effort <laughs> for such a poorly written Edgar episode oh. here. Um, there's really not a lot in this episode other than the Jack stuff. Um, I guess even let's then. start with the Logan's. Let's start with your favorite part, the Logan stuff, which I, it's, it's brief. It's okay. But, uh, basically they're trying to convince them. Uh, we think you should do your speech from the Oval Office. Now this season is going to be from Logan's side centered around Logan, making all the wrong calls, not knowing what calls to make, making, being unsure of himself. I feel like this is the one time in this season where Logan makes more sense because they're saying we really feel like for the stability of the people, you should be in the Oval Office. You should show them that you're not afraid. And meanwhile, you've got Air Force One has been downed. Nuclear reactors are melting down. Uh, EMPs are losing battles against Jack Bauer. Uh, <laughs> and then you've got all the other stuff that's happening still to happen. 
this guy should have been in a bunker 12 hours ago at this point. Um, yeah. But uh, Secretary, I think we even talked about the Secretary of Defense being kidnapped means everybody is in a bunker. And where is so, he? Yeah, where is Heller? Like, I, I, we we talked about like one or two episodes. Like, oh, he had some other obligation. He's been gone for a month at this point. He does like, come back. I think this is our fourth like, where episode. Where is he? <laughs> yeah, but like this is a long stretch without Heller. And yet they've stopped mentioning him too. I think that's mm. the other thing. If they had it where maybe he was on the phone, you have a conversation of Mike being like, I know, I know secretary, but he's just irrational. <laughs> no, I'm not going to slap him in the face. No, I think <laughs> I think I would get fired. He's not oh, evil. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way this guy's evil. He doesn't have the balls to be evil. No, he doesn't uh, look like Nixon. Shut up. <laughs> I, I also know David Weiss. Yes, he has one of those faces. Yes, I think that we should go after him. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of missing Heller in this season. I mean, how many weeks are we away from it? Do you know? Uh, well, according to the promos, at least three. Uh, wow. <laughs> his son, I mean, the, the your favorite son comes back in a few weeks. So Richard. So yeah, uh, there's still more of the yeah, Hellers. Um, that Heller is an I awesome also, fella. I, I remember that. <laughs> I, I wonder whether you caught uh, the picture of what's his name Keeler's son on the big screen in the briefing room. No, but I'm glad He's I didn't. On, yeah, it's so bizarre that like they have I don't know the briefing room here with uh, with Logan, and on a big screen you see like a picture of him, and it's not like it's a picture on the wall. It's like one of these slideshows. It's like these are the casualties, and, and it just it's big face of what's his name. I've already forgotten the guy's name. Uh, Little Buck Keeler. Knuckle. Um, it, it's, he's still part of the show. He doesn't need a name. He doesn't need a name. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, I think Logan's making sense here. Uh, they basically go to this bunker that is 200 feet below the surface. Um, we get a quick call between Bill, uh, where uh, I love where he basically says, "I'm not going upstairs until I feel like we're safe." <laughs> uh, you're making a lot of sense, actually, uh, and um. <laughs> Mike basically uh, is on a conversation here. Uh, the other side of the CTU call here is with Logan is that you have Tony talk about bad writing. Tony just jumped to the conclusion. Did anything seem weird about the president? He seems unsure of himself. Like he's not confident in being president. Tony, just be quiet. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, we got to state the most obvious thing because we don't think the audience can pick up on maybe the greatest actor in the history of 24 delivering the greatest performance in the history of 24 clearly telling the audience i'm unsure of myself and we've already had mike say it so uh, i don't know if we really needed that um they uh uh that they're, they're gonna come back to logan later on basically give him some more bad news which will pick up what that bad news is later in one of the other stories uh and he's like you think they're coming after me next <laughs> are they coming for me <laughs> am i safe <laughs> how many more hundred feet can we get below the surface um i'm the president damn it put me in a deeper bunker <laughs> dig harder uh, I guess without going too much into what the other story is, there's a lot of this stuff about uh, you know, the the suspect that they have taken to custody and Logan not wanting to call. And again, I'm going to say this is maybe Logan's smartest episode because they're saying, oh, I think that, you know, we should just go after this guy and forget about what his lawyer, Evan Handler, is saying. Uh, and he's like, I think I want to talk to the Justice Department first. Yes, as you should. Justice Society, <laughs> I, Justice League, Justice, Justice Society, yeah. <laughs> uh, talk to uh, Hawkman and Black Adam and uh, uh, whatever Dr. that Adam Fate. guy is. Dr. Fate, yeah. I'm going to call Pierce Brosnan. Oh. Good call, Logan. 
Um, but we get to see, aside from Tony stating a little too much of the obvious here, we get to see Logan developing a character quicker than anybody should be able to with what they've been given in the script. It's just incredible to watch him. Yeah, and that's the good part about this. And like, this is why we've always said season four, Logan's the best because, you know, this is a guy who has just been woken up in the middle of the night. Guess what? You're president. And like, obviously we know a vice president is trained and ready to go if this is to happen that's their job but i think what is unique about this is you kind of get that doubting and yeah okay like you've got tony going like does does this seem weird to you and like bill's like well dude like fucking the president just got shot down this guy didn't know what to do like he's a bit nervous give him time and like why is tony just like well he should be confident we're america he should be out there ready to go like i mean maybe publicly like you know he addresses the nation but like I'm sure government agencies like are probably like they're going like, oh fuck, Jesus, Biden's a bit shaky today, old shaky Joe. Um, you know, as long as the public thinks he's okay, right? But yeah, I I like this level of seeing Logan just second guess, and obviously that's going to lead to you know a reappearance of a, another president next week. But I mean, I don't want to like jump ahead too far into next season, but this is where like I will have an issue with the real massive twist next season because of certain things, but we'll get to that. But yeah, I think it's great. Greg Ritson, again, incredible. His facial acting is just amazing. You can just, the, the bit where he's on the phone and he basically is like quiet. And then he goes like, I'll get back to you. When he kind of looks at Walt and he looks at Mike, like that's probably what 20, 30 seconds of silence, but like you just can read everything in Greg Ritson's face. You don't need dialogue. It's so good. So in a crap episode, Greg Ritson saves this from being a, an even worse episode. And like when he does do his address to the nation, yeah, like to me that looks like the Oval Office. <laughs> it's just underground. Uh, but also, let's remember this is sometime after two in the morning Washington time. Like I doubt oh, the public is going to be back in. This is like well, because this, this now. episode is well, no, because this episode is twelve to one a.m. So, so three hours ahead. Be, okay, I'm thinking I'm Central Time. So yeah, yeah, three hours ahead. So yeah, this is after three a.m. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of people. Maybe on a day like this, there's a lot of people watching, but. After 3 a.m., you're going to be that worried. Oh, he's not in the Oval Office. Like, it's dark out. Nobody's going to notice. Sorry, we have a power outage here. Like, there's ways you could have covered this. And I don't understand why these bunkers don't have that. We're going to have a replication of the Oval Office just to throw people off. I think they do. I mean, I don't know. Like, they're fucking America. Don't they have, like, remember Terminator 3? Mm, I was uh, thinking When they that. get to the bunker at the Wonder end. Woman yeah, they have. They have that little... Wonder Woman 84, it's like an exact yeah. replication of it. Like, that that makes sense to me. But, like, I mean, we um, don't know. Like, I mean, God, old gummy Joe Biden's probably just, you know, in a nursing home. Half the time they've got a replication. They're like, I'm off, hello, America. Old Joe here. Click, click. Like, you know, his glasses. Like, click, Everybody's click. from Texas now. What's click, click? click. click. <laughs> <laughs> so your glasses do? I think you need to get an adjustment. Hey, now. I'm Joe Biden. <laughs> click, 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 click. <laughs> Yeah. See, George W. Bush, it would be a gun, click, click. Joe yeah. Biden, he's like, click, click, glasses. <laughs> Bill Clinton, it's a woman. A woman. <laughs> Donald Trump, who knows what it is. Each time it's a different thing. Oh, look, he's got a chewy dog toy. Oh, squeak, squeak. <laughs> squeak, squeak. Good for you, um, Donald. I guess uh, we'll, we'll do like the opening bits of CTU and then the, uh, the suspect part here. Um, I'd also just say Marwan first, he's basically checking on the coordinates for the bombs. This is what the majority of this episode is about is we still have some bombs on the move. And I know I was kind of questioning this a few weeks ago uh, where, you know, okay, well, why do they have some that are in unsecure locations? 
And this episode explains it well, where they say, uh, well, as soon as the meltdown started happening, you know, or, or even the Air Force One being shot down, we basically were forced to move anything in the field and it's for security reasons. So they actually do explain why we have nukes that are on the move right now. Uh, and this whole episode is gonna be about one in Iowa, click, click in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, really Iowa? Click, click. <laughs> I don't even know if that's in Iowa. All our American listeners are like, is that what they think we sound like? Yes, because <laughs> you all think that every Canadian sounds like the people in Newfoundland and I'm sure Australians have different accents. I mean, are there, are there different accents in Australia? Not really, to be honest. We have we, one accent. Oh, but like, I mean, like there's certain discrepancies on pronunciations and we call things, certain things in different states. But I mean, the only differences I'd say is certain parts of Queensland, you've probably got that real like Steve Irwin, like, oh, crikey, how are you? Like that and more out like, yeah. But once in my life, as somebody said, oh, you're from Tasmania and they were a linguistics mm. coach. So... It's yeah, like I mean, living in Sydney, I sound exactly the same as if I was in Hobart. Like here in Canada, basically Western Canada has one accent. Mm. And if somebody's, you know, just listening very loosely, they might not pick up on it. But like Western Canada has one accent. And then you have like, obviously, Quebec has an accent. And then Eastern Canada has one accent. The Eastern Canada accent, which is the smallest part of the Canadian population, is the accent that most people stereotype. This is what Canadians sound like. Um, but it, I guess it would kind of be unusual for Australia because I know even in England, like England is oh, a yeah. small country as far as like landmass, small country, but you have like five or six different accents and, and you people from England can tell you, no, this is an accent e from this, this, whatever. Even living in New Zealand, like, I mean, similar across the country, but like, you know, the, the Maori population will have a more thicker accent, like sort of more of like an islander, like a Pacific Island of Fiji, but like even where I lived in Invercargill, you had the Southland accent where they kind of, cause it's got a lot of Scottish Highland heritage. So they would roll their R's and you just think, Oh, they don't, but that's like in the cargle. So like, it was just, you would literally hear it and you're like, what the fuck? Whereas yeah, like, like I don't, there are certain levels of differences in Australian accent. But again, like if, if you met like Jared is from Sydney, like, but mm -hmm. he and I basically have the same accent and nobody, unless you are linguistics and we might call, certain things different which is where you can tell where we're from but like yeah we no one in australia can ever really go like ah you're from brisbane aren't you like it's very <laughs> rare you got to be very on the ball i think england is the most fascinating of those because mm. it will be specific to a city yeah like oh you're from liverpool <laughs> Manche manchester and like you got yeah. yorkshire yeah yeah I, I mean i work with so many english people in my office and they all sound different they're all from the same bloody country but but for argument's sake here, we're just going to say all Americans sound like this I, from Iowa. I think I think you just literally blown the minds of our half our audience. He's Colin Canadian. I thought he was American. <laughs> wow, well, because I talk like this. Yeah. But Hi, look, I'm Colin Ildin. I, I, I never forget my very first visit to Canada. I went to Toronto and I remember just like walking down the street and I could like, you could hear it. Like I could literally hear it. And I was with Louise at the time. I'm like, wow, listen to it. She's like, that's all sound the same to me. I'm like you can hear their <laughs> Canadian. Like you can hear it. Like it's. And when I lived there, like you, I mean, I got used to it, but like you could hear like a clear difference if you really listen mm -hmm. to how you guys speak to an American. Yeah, there's uh, there's somebody, uh, it was actually an actress who worked in Hollywood, worked in actually New Zealand, and then came back to Canada and basically started teaching acting. And I saw her on TV and she was describing the Canadian accent, basically describing, okay, for Canadian actors who have to work in America, like that's what she's doing. I'm teaching you, if you're going to go work in America, 
these are the things you have to get over. And it's, it's, it's little things, but it's like the way that we pronounce our U's is slightly different. And then the way that you pronounce the O's, the O's is the big one is that uh, with the, the Americans, it's, it's, it's a lot more drawn. It's, the funny thing is, is that the, when it's been described by people uh, for difference between Canadian and American accent, it's actually the Canadians tend to underpronounce things, whereas Americans more overpronounce it. Uh, and I guess we all underpronounce it compared to what the the British do, but uh, it's their British. language. But it's also yeah, they, like they, it's. But it's also I think even a personality thing. Like I, I when yeah. I lived in Canada and I was like out in public. You were out. <laughs> I is, know. This is where Ben decided to come out. I was. I was. It's Pride Week. It's it's World <laughs> Pride in Australia at the moment. So get behind it. Um, I like, but you could. I was, I don't know where I was, but I just remember vividly there was one point where I was straight away there was this, this like woman and I'm like, American. Like it's just, they've got a different <laughs> personality and exuberance yeah. about them. Like it's, it's that level where that people say Americans are arrogant, which I personally don't believe Americans are arrogant. They're just, they're American. Like take an American out of America, they're kind of arrogant, but that's just, they're very outgoing and confident is what I would describe mm-hmm. an American. But when you're in America and you're around that all the time, it's yeah. Anyway, welcome to our American it's, listeners, by the way. I think that still is our number one listenership base. I, I, I love you guys, and I call and you, but I do. I love you all. <laughs> well, I've I've actually mentioned this on I don't know a thousand episodes ago or something like that. That uh, uh, Canadians, the stereotype of Canadians being polite, I didn't realize for most of my life because I'm like, we're not. Uh, growing up, I'm like, Canadians aren't nice, and it was only uh, I live in Manitoba, I can to which that. of a of all provinces in canada manitoba is the one that's actually labeled as friendly manitoba so even compared to the rest of canada manitoba is considered friendly and i was like no this is such a lie and it wasn't until i started paying more attention when i was out in public and realized you just pass by anybody in the street anybody a, a complete stranger and you'll at least get like a friendly wave hello how's it going and i get that when i'm out running you'll get that with random people you get a smile and nod and often you just get like good morning and if you're stopped for more than like five seconds like if you're at a uh, a crosswalk people like oh not bad weather today huh like it's just it's a typical thing with canadians that you just you have polite little conversations but it's behind your backs that canadians are rude and on, so on an ice just... rink with skates attached but i yeah i think but like yeah. it's also like stereotypes like i mean you don't say a boot but like there is definitely an, a boot like there is a level of that's Truth. the underpronounced. Yeah, yeah, that's the underpronouncing compared to Americans. About we're yeah. more like about. Yeah, and like I would always make fun of that when I was in Canada when you he- hear it because it's obvious and it's also like literally like yeah the stereotype is like oh hey but like you do say a like you just don't do it in the I like, I don't but most Canadians do I, I surround and I even use a in my conversation sometimes but like it's like it's like Australians like I say good day I say mate you say it yeah. and you don't realize you say it until you're out of the country and it sounds weird when you're in another country saying it. people look at you, oh are you a Australian? Yeah, I'm Australian. The, the other thing is with the A, this is, a, we're getting more Welcome to Linguistics 101. Episode. But uh, the, the the placing of A, it's always funny if I watch Americans and sometimes comedy, sometimes not even comedy, their incorrect placement of A because A in Canada is not like, hey, I'm Canadian. <laughs> it, it, it's basically a filler word. Yeah. The way that Americans use, it's the equivalent of the way Americans will say, you know, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just said, you know, you know, you know. But it is. But yeah, it's pretty cold it's, it's outside today like, that's like they're literally what you would say yeah exactly it's, it's just it's but yet americans would be like hey i'm canadian eh? <laughs> no that's complete incorrect usage of a I, I i don't really use a i think ever i use you know more than a maybe um american american, american trans american. american i'm from iowa <laughs> anyways back to iowa uh there's so a bomb yeah, there's one, one. <laughs> cool 
yeah, Marwan is looking for coordinates. He's got teams. Uh, Jefferson City, Iowa. I don't know how big Jefferson City is, but they got nukes. Um, so they're about five hours away, I guess, from getting this nuke. Uh, we get um, uh, Yusik slash Yusik or Yosik. Jefferson City isn't right. even in Iowa. It's in freaking Missouri. So maybe it was Jefferson City on the way to Iowa, or, or are they creating, maybe it's a fictional city, the way they created, what, Sengala in the next country? Maybe, or? but there's also a Jefferson City in Tennessee, but... um, the Springfield of the Midwest. Maybe, if I type in Jefferson City, Iowa, there's a Jefferson in Iowa. Maybe it's just Maybe it was Jefferson. Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, with that, no city. There's, just, there's a Jefferson <laughs> in Iowa. Population of 4,136. Oh, okay. And they're all dead, because this nuke is yeah. going to kill them. Um, anyways, and so plus they live in Jefferson, Iowa. Iowa. They probably would be happy with being dead. <laughs> and our listeners in Jefferson, Iowa, just howdy, y'all! <laughs> click, click. Anyways, we get Yusik or Yosik or something like that. Slash Eric. Uh, <laughs> Eric is the world's worst minion because he even has to call up Marwan. <laughs> I, I made a stupid mistake, boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this guy basically. Use the wrong credit card, so CTU is going to be on to him. Um, the the rest of the stuff uh, with Marwan. The only thing I really want to talk about is uh, this character Eric or whatever. This was supposed to be um, apparently a member of Marwan's family. So uh, in the commentary, which the commentary was John Kassar and Sean Callery, so it was more focused on music than anything else. But they did say that they, they had originally planned for this to be. His wife, not that Eric was his wife, <laughs> but uh, progressive. But they, they wanted this to be Marwan has a wife, which would have given him a little bit more, you know, uh, I guess stakes in in this part of the season here. And then they decided, no, we don't want to make it a wife, but maybe we'll make this his cousin or something like that. And then eventually, by the time they got to the episode, like just delete all that stuff. This is just going to be Eric, Eric you know? Oh, do a boss, Eric. Um, and uh, yeah, he is a bad boy. <laughs> uh, he used the wrong credit card or something like that. So CTU is basically on to him. What's he um, doing driving at like one in the morning? Like, I mean, like. I think he's supposed to be following. Like the, what I gather is that they have all of their teams out there. They knew, okay, there's there's going to be this thing with the, the football or whatever. We're going to have to get a nuke. We don't know which one we're going to get. And I actually really like this part of the episode, like the Marwan part where Okay, we don't just instantly know it's this nuke we're going after. It's like, all right, which ones are unaccounted for? Okay, we got one here, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like, oh, we got one in Iowa. Okay, I got my guy Eric in Jefferson City. He's this far. I'm sure he can intercept it or something like that. Um, but Eric, I don't think he's in Jefferson City. But either way. Uh, because he's he, he gets caught like the boss credit card. Oopsies, I went to buy like a Slurpee, and I accidentally used yeah. the MasterCard, and <laughs> I was meant to use the Visa, Orkies. And then he's just kind of like, okay, well, you go see... Frank and Bob down at the pier. Um, yeah. It's like, okay, so why is this guy just hanging around at the pier? Like, it's, it's an episode of convenience. It's kind of like, mm -hmm. hmm, how are they going to find someone? They've used the credit card. We've yeah, got exactly. it. But, but the part I do like, though, is that this isn't, they're not making it easy for Marwan, you know? It's very easy in 24 where you have, okay, we have these terrorist plots, and then you just spring it on the audience. All right, they got everything figured out. Oh, we thought we had them trapped, but no, they have a plan B. And Marwan's plan B's always come down to this is my plan B, but I still have to have this executed smoothly. So I'm, this season is kind of winning me even more over on Marwan than I was originally. Because I think, like you have mentioned, you know, Marwan is sort of like you kind of forget him, even mm. though you like him, you forget him. But 
I think he's he's different enough from the previous three or four villains that we've had that he stands out because and, and part of that is because they followed him the whole season. So you get to see a little bit more of these details that normally you're introduced to a character in the last eight episodes and you have to rush through. It's you're right, because I think it's that level of contingency where you always feel that he's building to something and that something that he does, like, it's kind of like as much as I love Saunders, what's his goal to launch a virus and, you know, hold the country to ransom. What's the goal of saw guy in season two, nuclear bomb war, you know? And then it's just kind of like, you've got these goals set goals. Whereas Marwan's just kind of like, this is my day. I'm going to do all of this. And again, we know it's not planned from day one to day, you know, day hour one to hour 24, but it feels that way. So like, even though this episode sucks, they build it to a point where it still works. You know what I mean? So even a little thing of Marlon going clubbing at the end of this episode, like you feel it's going somewhere and it does. So, which is, you can't say the same for some other seasons where even if you've got a cool villain, like it just feels tacked on. Like there's some stuff in like season five is like iconic, but there are some plot things around sort of the villains outside of the twist villain who I may have already spoiled in this episode, but like it's still some of it is kind of like, oh, that guy, he's back for whatever reason with that thing that they've brought back out of the blue. Okay. Like it's just, it's just certain things where it just feels like, oh, the writers were running out of something. So let's bring back this plot point. Whereas this, it feels, even though it's not planned, it feels, you know, like it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the CTU side, I think this is also interesting because Marwan has kind of fooled them and tricked them so many times that things that normally wouldn't get addressed in an episode, like them saying, well, maybe this Eric guy is just a decoy. They're saying, no, I don't think so. Like they're, they're basically really scrambling at this point and worried, okay, any intel we get, we have to assume that it's false instead of normally saying, we're going to explore every lead. You know, this is our only lead. Hmm. Now they're almost worried. And that's something that I think this is the second time it's come up in the last couple episodes where they're second guessing, should we even follow this? Because Marwan's basically fooled us, you know, every uh, every ep- second episode this season so far. Uh, we do get a quick scene with um, Chloe interrupting Michelle and Tony. Uh, this is so Chloe and this is so Tony and Michelle. I did want to mention, uh, I guess, two other trivia bits. One uh, unrelated to this, but uh, the unrelated part, the the bunker stairs, uh, John Kassar basically says, those are the same staircase that was built for the Araz family. <laughs> so, and I looked at it, I'm like, you're right. It's the Araz family staircase, <laughs> wow. which he says it's actually the fourth time this season that they've used the same staircase, just redressing the set, um, which I like them giving away details like that. But the other thing is Tony. So Sean Callery basically said, this episode has a lot of action. And he says, he always has to, uh, lock himself away for a weekend because whenever he finds out, okay, the next episode's a John Kassar episode, he's like, great, John Kassar is going to give me so much action hmm. that I'm going to have to like, you know, be high on uh, cocaine or caffeine or something like cocaine that, bear. and write like this <laughs> cocaine, cocaine calorie, uh, <laughs> and he has to like write this very intense score. Uh, but he, he actually said the trickiest thing for him is when he has moments where he sees in the script or even the footage where it's Tony and it's an intense part. He's like, I can't score loud over Carlos Bernard because he is so quiet <laughs> that I have to be so he's like if you listen to music if you you'll go from dun 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 and then Carlos Bernard start talking dun dun I really want to listen to that for the rest of the season now 
Um, it, yeah, I, I, Tony, you get your opening line here with uh, Tony apologizing. I'm, I, I'm sorry for my part. I love the base because I'm sorry for my part. He's basically waiting for, yes, I'm sorry for my part. But instead, he goes, I'm sorry for my part in the awkwardness, Michelle. She's like, well, apology accepted. <laughs> I did nothing wrong, man. <laughs> and then it's it's almost like this whole yeah. You want to go around on uh, Sarah's desk over there? Nobody's using it. <laughs> what are you saying? At the end of this day, after we stop a nuclear bomb, we could get a date or something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we even get like Bill uh, it coming in here. And Bill's like, so uh, I know that things didn't really work out between us, Michelle, but Sarah's desk wide open there. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're kind of over this whole Tony, Michelle, Bill thing, but I don't know. Anything you want to add on the early CTU stuff, the Eric Murphy and... I want to read some of the dialogue for you here because like the whole opening sequence of this is just like, hey, everyone, you've been loyal and watched this season for 17 episodes straight and not missed an episode, but we're going to ignore you and pretend that nobody has watched any of this, so let's fill you all in on the plot of this season. So it starts off with Vice President Logan has been sworn in. He's now the President of the United States. His office is called. They want an update in 15 minutes. We're opening on set. We're operating on. We're working on several protocols. What should we focus on? How a stealth fighter was stolen from one of our bases and how it shot down Air Force One with one of our missiles. Is he briefed on that one? He knows he's behind today. Like, it's just like literally everything is just like, so this is what's happened this season. We just saw yeah. a recap. Um, and then what was like the, the bit um, with, yeah, so the, the Tony Michelle stuff. Literally, this is the dialogue. So it's all like, oh, Curtis is on point. And like, Curtis, fucking where do all these CTU agents come from? We'll get to that. So blah, blah, blah. Curtis, oh, who's, who's the new guy again? I wrote down his oh, name here. Oh, Jenkins, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. So Fred Lawton? Who's Fred, Fred Lawton? Lawton, yeah, that's the guy, I think. One of them. So anyway, it's like, duh, 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 duh. Michelle. Again, let's reiterate, because we just had the whole plot explained to us. There is a nuclear bomb that has been stolen. <laughs> they don't know where it is. It could be destroyed at any point, but we have literally time for this. Michelle, I was out of line a couple of hours ago about you and Bill. It's your life, and I've got no right to judge you. I appreciate that. Whatever tension there is between us, I want to apologize for my part in it. I'd like it if we could just let it go so we could do our jobs. Leave the past in the past and move on. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Yep. That That is dialogue in this episode that's, and like that's a table read right there but this is what i'm saying this whole episode is a table read there's a horrible bit between audrey and jack yet which would i don't know if we're oh, getting yeah. to yet and then what's that? just you could just talk about it oh i'll get to that but like paul he's not stable oh that is terrible but like like i love you kim raver but even you this episode like what's the bit there when they're talking about like we've gotten word in a truck in iowa has gone missing shit what was on it a nuclear warhead. We know the nuclear football was stolen. We know. And then like the, the Jack Audrey bit, it's terrible. So it's like, I freaking love Audrey on the phone. Like uh, Jack's like, hey, g'day, Audrey. How you going, Jack? Oh, are you on the way back? Oh, what gave it away? That giant helicopter in the background that I can barely <laughs> talk over. Oh, what's going on? Yes, the treaty, blah, 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 blah. So how are you? <laughs> <laughs> she, he literally goes, how are you holding up? Audrey says, I'm okay. Jack says, what have the doctors told you about Paul? Awkward silence. They're having a hard time keeping him stable. To which Jack goes, just hang in there. 
He'll fight through it. Audrey says, <laughs> yeah. Then Jack says, tell Michelle I'll be there in 20 minutes. Audrey goes, all right, we'll do. Bye. See you soon. <laughs> like, like again, like we've talked about how we kind of like this tension. Right? Like a week, was it like a week ago? He's all like, oh, like he's calling her back on like, look, I just wanted to let you know that I care. And it's like, oh, he's in surgery and blah, blah, blah. And he'll fight through this. I feel bad. This week, it's just like, so how's Paul? Not good. <laughs> yeah, just suck it up. It's been a whole half hour since I asked that question. It's, it's basically Jack saying Hakuna Matata. Um, and then, you know that meme that goes around with Lion King's like, oh, so I know your your dad died and all that sort of stuff, but even just try just getting over it, yeah. not worrying about <laughs> yeah. it, like that's like it's so bad. And like I love Kiefer, I love Kim, but they just they just phone this in so much, and it's just awkward, and it just doesn't work. And like it's a table read. This whole episode is a table read. Even when Chloe at one point's like, oh, am I interrupting something? No. Oh, we found a credit card. Okay. And, like, I know you like the Edgar stuff, but I don't because, like, it's just so... Oh, I didn't say I like the Edgar stuff. But I just said he's he's he has some effort in his performance. But it's just, it's it's like, like, I, am I jumping ahead here? Because it's just like, uh, yeah, I'm probably jumping ahead. But, like, yeah, I'll get to that. All right, I'm it's ahead. this episode. Don't worry about it. All right, I'll get to it. Fuck it. Because, like, it's just like all of a sudden, like, this random guy comes in. I'd like to get him in a room for a few minutes. Chloe, what? <laughs> He talked to me in about two seconds, which Chloe, again, for the sake of the audience, has been loyal this whole season. But let's think about Jenny come lately. Oh, you want to hurt him to get revenge for your mother dying. I can understand that. Like, thank you for reminding me again <laughs> of this show that I've been watching all the time. Like, oh, it's just it's just frustrating. It's just there's nothing redeeming in this. Even when Jack's going to get a bit mad soon. Like, Keith, this is Kiefer's worst episode. The way you set that up, I'd like to get him alone in the room for. <laughs> yeah, can or we just like, use Sarah's desk out of context. Twenty four, like unnecessary censorship. I'd like to get him in a room for a few. Beep 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 beep. Uh, I, before the I'll just talk about it now. I mean, it doesn't, like you said, doesn't play into the episode that they bring in a suspect later on, and Edgar is just tough guying the whole time. It's like, yeah, I'll break him. <laughs> I'll break him hard. It's it's it, it's. it's I think it's intended to be, oh, this is out of place for Edgar. And it, the first time he says it, you, you get a laugh. But the problem is the other characters should be laughing along with you. When he's like, you know, oh, I would break him within two minutes. That's what yeah, you need Chloe on just to <laughs> But that's where you need Chloe to be like, Edgar, seriously? <laughs> like, yeah. I would break him before you would break him. And Chloe I mean, my would. baby or Chase's baby would break him before Chloe you gonna would. going to kill someone this season. Let's not forget we need that. Oh, that's, oh, fucking hell. Looking forward to that. Anyway, so basically they're on the trail of Eric, uh, Yusik, whatever, and he is uh, supposed to meet up with this guy. What's his name? Oh, um, Mr. Douchier. Uh, Weirdo McBeardo. Okay, we're going to call him that. Uh, this uh, I, I like, though, them always branching out with the non-Middle uh, Eastern Prado. Yeah, uh, Joe Prado. Oh, he doesn't sound like he's a criminal. Uh, so but Amnesty Global, out. not Amnesty International, <laughs> Amnesty Global, the Jefferson City of <laughs> charitable organizations. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's supposed to meet up with this guy, and again, them using non Middle Eastern terrorists. So you can see like the bigger picture here. It was obviously meant to be. We don't want to focus just on the Middle Easterns. Uh, but uh, Curtis is basically trailing this guy all the way to the docks. Just show up, Curtis. Had a few weeks off, mate. <laughs> Got out of sleep, did you? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, you know what? I, I've given up looking for Beirut. <laughs> He's probably dead by now. I, I want to follow a new guy. Give me a new guy to follow, Jack. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Curtis, am, and I'm following a new guy. I am following Eric Murphy. Yeah. Uh, he may also be known as Yusik, <laughs> but uh, he is not apparently white. it was like a torrential downpour on the these docks or whatever, this boat dock. And you can kind of see like some I was going to say, it looks like it's raining. I know there yeah. is rain later in later on in this season, but um, well, I, yeah. They, they said that, uh, I mean, this is, I guess, a typical thing in TV. Like, you try not to write, you know, exterior stuff uh, because weather could be unpredictable, I guess, during certain times of the year. And John Kassar apparently had, like, this knack for anytime he shot, the weather would be great. And this was, like, the one time that it screwed them up. And they said, like, it was so bad. Like, they were shooting scenes. Like, you can't really tell. But, like, it was basically like a hurricane in the background. Uh, but yeah, you could see, I, I think that it's not as noticeable because they're on boat docks, you know, like waves crash and everything and you expect it to be a little bit wet. It's, I mean, obviously I can imagine it's tricky on a show like 24 when it, every hour is a day, like you can't, like obviously they're not filming it like per hour, but like if all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's pissing down, you probably have to wait and come back the next day, you know, but like, yeah, they, I definitely know there is an episode later in this season where it's raining. So like, I think this is the mm -hmm. only season of 24 where there is rain. Um, yeah. Fun fact for you. Fun fact. <laughs> I'm having fun. I don't know about listeners, but I'm having fun. Uh, I don't even remember the rain later this season. Uh, uh, it's, it's a very uh, a, a famous character comes back who you may have mentioned earlier this season. Back. Should have been a certain female assassin. When she comes oh, back this season, there is, the rain. there is some rain involved. Chubby rain? Chubby rain. He's dead. Rest <laughs> in peace, chubby rain. Uh, so basically, Curtis is just looking through his little telescope thing at him i love his little telescope. Uh, doesn't want to move in the yet curtiscope. <laughs> the curtiscope he's looking at the curtiscope uh and um murphy eric murphy here or whatever is on the boat lex joe murphy. prado <laughs> lex murphy <laughs> tim and lex here on the boat uh and uh basically when curtis's team starts moving in joe prado just kills Yusick. uh just shoots him right in the chest I mean, this is where obviously they they had clearly made the change. This is no longer Eric is no longer Marwan's wife. <laughs> He's just some random guy. Rip, who's rip Eric <laughs> Eric Marwan. There he is. Uh, Curtis is going to take uh, Joe Prado into custody. Um, although Prado makes a quick phone call, I think to Marwan first, or he basically says, oh, "I need your help" or whatever. This is what happened. All right, I'll get my lawyer from Amnesty Global on it. <laughs> no, Enter he doesn't call David him because he overhears it. So what? So, I, so I Eric's on the phone. So Eric's on the phone. He's basically like, so Eric does call Marwan. He's all like, oh, like fuck, they found us. Uh, I don't know who Marty. I don't know how they run for it, Marty. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Back to the future coming soon this year. But um, so then he's all like, okay, yes, um, you know, you must do what you can. Do not talk to the authorities and kill Joe Prada. Okay, so Prada kills him. He's still got an open line. So when CTU arrests oh, Joe, okay. Habib Marwan, the terrorist of this season, just to remind you, he can overhear the conversation. So then he's all like, fuck, what do I do? I know I'm going to call Amnesty Global, which I'm just getting into this now. Sorry to interrupt. It makes no sense because like, why the fuck does he have this power to do this? And then CTU all like, oh no, we're scared of the bald lawyer. Like this is a season where earlier in the day, Sarah might've been bad, but they just tortured her anyway. They tortured Richard well, Heller. They tortured everyone at the side of anything. But nowadays, oh no, the bald man, the bald white man, don't touch the white man. Racist. He's white, won't touch him. Well, I, 
I think there's some argument for that. I mean, with Sarah, she works for CTO. I'm sure they have, you know, agreements they have to sign saying, if we ever have to torture you, you cannot lawyer up. Um, Richard does lawyer up, I guess, but they weren't, were they torturing him before Heller was rescued? Yeah. Okay. Cause so I was going to say, was, was well, Heller basically gave them the okay, but yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, it really doesn't make sense when you when you bring Richard into the conversation there. Although it, it's a nice little detail where like every once in a while, somebody will have their hands tied a little bit. So to have this lawyer come in, I mean, it's something we haven't seen in 24 before. So I don't I don't hate it. Uh, although, again, it doesn't really go anywhere because it is a it's a filler and a stall episode. We're stalling. But that's but that's exactly right, because even freaking Prado goes nowhere. Like after this mm-hmm. moment, he's gone in two seconds next week. Like he said, that's it. Like it's just it's literally like, oh, cool. We use this to get you to the nightclub. And like, don't get me wrong. The nightclub stuff's interesting. Um, and then that's going to lead us into arguably one of the biggest turning points of this entire series. And we'll set Jack up for the future of the, of the series, but like, it's just the future, the future. Marty. <laughs> We're going back to the future. But, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, it's convenience sake. Like, it's just like, oh, let's get the bold guy, lawyer guy in because he's just awake at fucking one in the morning and he's just going to be there for amnesty global never sleeps. Um, but even then, like what? Like, surely, see, like, Jack, the smartest thing Jack does here is, and, like, why is it Jack that clicks two and together? Like, did he get a phone call? How did he get his, like, Bill looks yeah. dumb. Curtis looks dumb. Curtis. They all look dumb because shouldn't their first question be, like, how did you know yeah. he was here? He didn't get a phone call. Like, everybody just looks stupid in this episode. Well, even, even Weiss looks stupid because he's the brilliant lawyer who came in on 20 minutes. I don't have a problem with this most of the time, but... It kind of bothered me here that he's there within, I think it's less than 20 minutes. I think it was like yeah. 15 minutes later, he's there and he's dressed in his suit and everything. Now, a person has to have time to drive there unless there are lawyers who literally work the night shift in their business suits. Like this guy got a phone call and woke up. Like I, I want to just see somebody show up and they're in their bathrobe. It's like, no, 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 that's my client. You know, But he, but <laughs> how is this guy dressed already? It is that quickly because you see Marwan make the phone call. You're like, hello, it is Marwan. Yes, we have an issue. But like, even then- how? I am sorry to wake you, sir. Like, look, I don't know how fucking how Amnesty International works. I don't know if they've got lawyers, but even then, like, this is it's actually an issue with making this guy just like a white American guy because, like, why does a global peace organization send a lawyer to help an American on U.S. soil? Like, if anything, mm-hmm. this should be Eric. This should be yeah. uh, somebody from Yemen or something like that because it, like, I don't. Again, I don't know my global peacekeeping politics, but it doesn't make sense to me that you're sending Amnesty Global yeah, lawyer to fucking protect a white American dude. Like, it should be a Yemenese guy, or mm-hmm. it should be like, oh, he like what they will do cleverly in the coming weeks with the China storyline is they talk about like embassies and, and like that's clever. Like, mm-hmm. maybe this is them trying to work their way into that and they're kind of fad and like, oh, fuck, quickly put that under the rug. We didn't do that. <laughs> Off to the nightclub. Like, maybe that's what they did. But it's just, why is Amnesty Global helping white guy at the docks? Yeah, I was going to say, you could have switched this around, made it an actual Eric Murphy, average white guy who's on the lookout, and then it is Amnesty Global brought in because Joe Prado is actually Usyk or whatever. But... Like they don't even give the guy an accent, you know. But but I, of course, I think if you were to flip that around, you would have then been dealing with oh, but the real bad guy is the Middle Eastern guy, you know. They're I, they're clearly it's another one of these. 
examples of this season where it's like you're clearly trying to send a message like the 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 guys the confronting in, in the car oh they're all of different races so they're not racist or the the gun store or whatever where the son's like we don't believe in terrorism we're with you jack it's these little things they're throwing in there where it's like your hands are tied because you can't show everybody as being middle eastern but this scene makes more sense if you flip the roles around. It just it makes you look a little bit more racist. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. But it's just I don't know. Like, it's, but it's also a case of like if the, if you inter- this is like the Holdo move in Star Wars. Like, it's it's literally like if if Marwan's got this card, he can just fucking call Baldy McBoldface from Amnesty Global. Couldn't they just have it when Jack got him the other week? Couldn't they just be like, I want my phone call. Okay, who are you calling? Amnesty Global. I have immunity. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just. You've literally played a card now where you can get him on the phone two seconds in there that basically mm-hmm. even the president is not going to be like, oh, well, Amnesty Global, hands are tied, mate. Like, fucking, they're, they're, they're sharks. Like, just can't touch them at all. Like, it's just, yeah, this is why this episode is just dumb because it's just like, it's just like, oh, let's move on the plot for whatever reason we've got to do. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, the... Uh the, the interrogation that almost starts here before Richards. Amnesty Global shows up. There he is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Jack basically wants to do the interrogation. Um, Weiss comes in before they could do anything. Uh, they There is there is some nice... I, I'm going to give... The one props to the nice dialogue is this whole thing, they, the exchange they have here about these are extraordinary circumstances or whatever. Uh, and when Weiss basically says, uh, oh, well, you have... The right to do this, uh, you know, by the book, not with a rubber hose out behind, uh, <laughs> the, up behind the the whatever, whatever he says here. Whatever you're into. It was something good. It, whatever it was, <laughs> it was something good. Um, and then yeah, only here is Jack like, wait a second, who called you? <laughs> <laughs> it is very late in the episode to be asking that question. Um, they have the conversation here with Logan. This is the other side where they're basically saying, listen, we think that this guy Joe Prado can tell us something about Marwan. But he's lawyered up by Amnesty Global, and we need permission to basically interrogate him anyways. And Logan's like, I'm not feeling too comfortable with this. What if you're wrong? Like, well, we're not wrong. Again, I'm agreeing with Logan. They could be wrong. They're not wrong, but they could be wrong. Do you want to risk, you know, your presidency, your very brief presidency, and risk getting in in trouble with an American citizen? Uh, I mean, this is one of the things that's sort of unraveling Palmer uh, (laughs) a couple seasons ago. Uh, so I think that it's a, a valid point he makes where he basically says, no, I will call the Justice Department, the Justice League, the Justice Society, and I will get the answer <laughs> the from Avengers. Dr. Fate. The Avengers. <laughs> I might even call uh, Cyclone, uh, <laughs> the least important one. Uh, but I'm going to get somebody's permission at 3 o'clock in the morning, my time, in order to do this. Uh, Jack approaches Bill with, uh, I have a plan. Uh, what if I were no longer an employee and I went off the books? He's not, but this is another plot hole when he says, I will resign. From what? You don't have a job there. The the (laughs) Department of Defense? I want Bill to literally be like, resigning from what? You're here in the interim, mate. You do what you want, buddy. Exactly. fuck yeah. Pew, pew, pew. You're getting tortured. And then Bill be like, why don't you have Tony do it instead? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's really not on our books. I mean, Tony didn't, at least Jack has a salary somewhere in the government. Tony's on unemployment. Yeah. Make Tony do this. Tony's still in the government for the end of the day for benefits. <laughs> Edgar continues to give dirty looks to them as they're escorting Prado out, which I wonder why, where was his offense at Dina being brought in, being cut a deal? Because like she was still just as responsible. He's upset because of his mother dying. 
I would actually say Dean is a little bit more responsible than the guy who's just designed to get people out of the country, as opposed to somebody who actually was directly involved in the kidnapping of Heller and the nukes and has Marwan on speed dial. Can we just also question Tony still being there, right? Because like he went to prison for treason. <laughs> like, even if he's cleared, like, and Jack got him out, it, he still got that on his record. And like, Government clearances change all the time. Like, I mean, for fuck's sake, this week I've done seven different training modules for something that I'm sure if I left tomorrow that, you know, you've got to get trained. If you miss from a job, imagine a government agency job. Like, oh, I'll come back in. The codes are all still the same. Why? So Jack, Tony can hack in? we got to see what happens with Tony in like three years. No wonder he turns evil and can take over the government pretty quickly. <laughs> you don't change your codes and you just invite him back in. He's a criminal. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you got it out. You're okay. <laughs> Take a breath. Jesus. Cubby really. T- There's something else you were mentioning there that I was going to say. Um, oh, this is just where I think it just contradicts itself all over in this season. It's like, oh, we're going to call the president for permission to torture someone. Again, you were just fucking like, oh, okay to torture anyone at the sight of looking them before. Nothing stopped Jack at the beginning of the season when I'm shooting what's his safe in the leg. Secretary of Defense! Like, why all of a sudden now he's like, oh, that bald guy scares me. Better call the president. <laughs> like, but I mean, it's just, again, you back yourself into a corner. If anything now, it's more urgent. Like, okay. Yeah, because Secretary- you know that he's guilty of something. Yeah, but like, Secretary of Defense, like, sure, okay, you're boning his daughter. But like, at that point, like, now you got a fucking nuclear bomb. And i got to say, this is probably even like, worse than season two because at least with season two you know it's going off in la whereas this mm-hmm. it's like well fu- but you know you kind of know where it's in it's in iowa somewhere fu- well, whatever maybe they just don't give a shit because it's only well, iowa so. but but here's the other thing they 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 know that one of them is in iowa don't they say there's like five or seven that are unaccounted for i think they so, eventually they only go for the one though i think they've they, well i think they're yeah. they're figuring this is the one they're most likely for but again they don't know that i mean he could intercept two three of them because they that's the line they say they're like oh you know oh we've got like oh, only five or seven they say well marwan only needs one i only need one um but he still could get others they're not saying that there's no possibility they don't know where his people are this is and this is a weird this is a sentence which we won't often utter on this show but this is what season six does right around a nuclear bomb storyline that's why those first four first four episodes are so good there's a sense of urgency and we talked a lot about this in season two there's no urgency. This is a nuclear fucking bomb. And it's just kind of like, oh, Tony, I've got to talk to you. I'm sad that you're fucking... Save it till after class. Like, how many times did you get told off in school? You didn't because you didn't do anything with girls. And I went to an all-boys school. But I'm sure most people who went to co-ed schools who had sex lives as teenagers were trying to get in the pants of somebody or the same sex, whoever you were trying to get in the pants of. A human being, hopefully, not an animal. That's another story. But, like, I'm sure... That if you've got an erection or a wet vagina that you are being told, that's how it works, Colin, by your teacher, keep it for after class. Right now I'm teaching you math. Like, I mean, like, this is like a nuclear bomb is about to go off. Fucking just get on Sarah's desk later. Right now, find the bomb. Torture him. Shoot him in the dick. I don't care about the president. Whatever. This is actually one moment where I say Erin almost is right in what she did over Bill this season. She got shit done, sort of. Yeah. Even though she was terrible. And she waited she waited till after class. Yeah. <laughs> did I say the words wet vagina? Did you I did. actually say uh, that? <laughs> and on that note, props to Brendan Fraser. Uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. gives me a wet vagina. Um, <laughs> yep. We're, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Uh, you're going to be able to tell if these episodes are recorded out of sequence. If he loses the Oscar, 
and we're still saying props to Brendan Fraser it means we we haven't we've recorded and haven't seen it yet. I'm worried about that. Well, I, I'm going to make sure that we uh because often I will keep an eye on when this episode is going out, and I can tell you this episode is going out a couple weeks before the Oscars. But like when it gets to that point, if we're recording before the Oscars, maybe we'll just have to do an Atlanta Falcons moment yeah. and just go <laughs> back in and dub it over or something. Uh, death to Paul Mescal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what a great win to that fuckhead Austin Butler. Uh, <laughs> I I would be upset if even Austin Butler won. Look, I would still be up. No matter if Brennan Fraser doesn't win, I will be upset. But if it's Austin Butler who wins, I'll at least be like, okay, like 1% satisfied that it wasn't that guy. That I can't remember his name. Colin Farrell liked the guy, but you know, and um, what's his face? Other guy. I've gone blank on his name. Bill Nighy. Thank you. The science guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, solid people, but yeah. So- solid people. Solid people. <laughs> they wait till after class. They're solid people. Exactly. <laughs> Colin Farrell doesn't. I mean, he's got a big dong. He's slapping people around the face with it. So, you know. <laughs> I'm not Googling whatever that was uh, again. Slapping <laughs> turkey slapping. Jer- well, I was going to say, Google yeah, Colin Farrell. Whatever movie he was in naked, he was, he's got a big one. And he had a sex tape too. So, yeah. Did he? Yeah, back when everyone had two thousands, everyone had a sex tape. Oh. You, you had a sex tape, I think. I had one. Had. <laughs> that was Ben's after school project. Jamie definitely had some. What? Colin's awkward now. Anyways, so Jack basically says, "I'm going to resign. This will solve all our problems." Uh, I I do like that. This is this is. I'm going to say it's more than just the one scene with Jack in the car. It's the lead into this too when they're getting Prado out the door and he's like, all right, look at this. I won guys, white Americans. Yeah. White American power. Uh, and they're like, all right, we are letting you go. <laughs> Wait, why are you letting me go? <laughs> yes, because you are white and American and we are no match for you, sir. Please go on your way. <laughs> uh, and, and then the, the, the lawyer here is like, oh, you got to make sure that they can't let me go. And he's like, well, then we will charge you with trespassing. Like this actually makes a lot of sense. That yeah. They're like, you know what? And then even Weiss is like, oh, I can't do anything. They're right. I can't do anything. I'm just a lowly Amnesty Global lawyer. <laughs> I'm bold. Um, yeah, I am bald. Uh, <laughs> Curtis, but, uh, <laughs> yes, you are bald. You are bald and right. <laughs> and white. You are a white man who is bald. This is just arriving. You haven't seen Parks and Recreation, but they have a character who's a newscaster on Parks and Recreation named Perd Happily. <laughs> and he is Curtis. He's basically just saying that my name is Perd Happily. And I am telecasting the news right now. Like that's the way he does the newscast. It reminds me of um, who's the one on Family Guy, the Weatherman. Um, it's Is like the Weatherman on Family Guy. Yeah, the, I haven't the, seen that. The, oh, the obvious family, the obvious Weatherman. It's like, and we now crossed the blah 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 weather. What's going? On? It's raining. Thanks, man. It's like you're gonna need an umbrella. <laughs> it's like on the on the Star Wars one. It's like, and we now crossed out to Jenkins. What's the weather like? Space weather. Thanks, Jenkins. <laughs> I've got to say, there's like a compilation of the weather guy and family guy. He's so funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically even Weiss is like, no, I can't do anything about this. So they they take him out. And and, and even when they're in the parking lot, it's like, oh, I want protection. It's like, we're not giving you any protection, man. You didn't even answer our questions. Um, Ollie Williams. They let him out to his car. And Ollie, Ollie Williams, Williams. who's weather. Oh, okay. I thought... But this guy was Ollie Williams. He changed his name. He's not. He's he's Eric Murphy slash Usyk slash Jake Prado slash Ollie Murray's. He's um, got all the names. He's he Kiefer does. Sutherland, Rufus Mabufus. All the names that Kiefer has. Right. <laughs> Rufus Mabufus. <laughs> also, every morning I get in my elevator to go to work. There's little Kiefer with his little crypto smiling at me on a television ad in front of me. I'm like, ah, oh, Kiefer, right up in the elevator with me. 
You have you have el what? How, how expensive is your apartment? You got commercials in the oh, elevator. Oh, this is my office. I've never seen that. Not my not my apartment. Oh, okay. In the <laughs> your office. Apartment. <laughs> not that rich. Ben's in like a high rise two million dollars suite here. I'm only seeing the one corner of his bedroom door here. I'm on floor five of six. I'm in the silver penthouse. Six, yeah. <laughs> how many how many suites on your floor? Uh, four. I think. Or so you're three away from a penthouse. Yeah, exactly. When I lived in Canada, I was in the penthouse. I was on the top floor. Were you the only one there? No. Oh, then I don't think it's penthouse. Is <laughs> Shut it? up. It, it was for me. Does a penthouse have to be a full I floor? Don't I don't know. know. A penthouse to me had boobs in it when I was younger and I read it. <laughs> yeah. Look Reddit, it up, Colin. You found it on Reddit? <laughs> yeah, before -E Reddit. Back when we had to watch SBS and get porno magazines. Kids these days have it easy with Reddit. Jesus. <laughs> And then your teacher's like, after class, Ben, after class. <laughs> I never forget one of my teachers in high school. All boys high school, by the way. He was fucking hilarious. He's like, you kids have it easy today with all this internet pornography. Back when I was a boy, I had to look up <laughs> dirty words in the dictionary. <laughs> that's literally what like, he said to us. That's it. Like, how old was he that porn he didn't old. exist? <laughs> he was old. Like, he was probably in his 60s. He's probably dead by now. That was 20 years ago. But, like, it was just so funny. I'd look up dirty words in the dictionary. What's he sitting there going, like, oh, vagina. Oh, yeah. Just, I, I, I'm thinking about Weird Al's um, Amish Paradise video where there's the kids mm. ogling the porn magazine. It's just a woman showing her ankles. <laughs> I'm seeing him live again in a couple of weeks. So. Lucky man. Have you watched his movie yet? No, not oh, yet. Watch I'll it. get there, though. Watch it. I, I still got to get through Triangle of Sadness and All Quiet on the Western Front. Better than There's women me. talking. Hey, hey, we're going to disagree on women talking. Fuck no. <laughs> Coming no. soon. <laughs> Canadian movie. Oh, um, I'm sure that, I, I, I was that Aronofsky myself, like, Canadian one we watched for thing over the other year with What's-His-Face. Oh, the Cronenberg one, Dead Ringers. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that one was interesting. Better uh, than women talking. <laughs> you really just have an issue with any Canadian movie that's not a comedy. I don't. I watched that chocolate lesbian movie. <laughs> Wait, had, chocolate les Canadian chocolate lesbians? What is had, this? Um, it had uh, what's a face in it? Uh, Wendy Crewson in it. We've talked. We always talk about this movie, the sweet like lesbian. Wendy Crewson made a chocolate we lesbian. We have talked movie. about this so many times on this show. Chocolate lesbian movie <laughs> Canada. When it's oh, we've so talked. It's called like sweet like chocolate or something like that. Better than chocolate. Canadian romantic um, comedy for comedy, I guess. I think I've heard We have of talked it. about this. The, the, the poster's got a naked wall. Like, this is one of those SBS movies they showed at like 10 o'clock at <laughs> night that I was watching, you know, because it may have had boobs in it. It's a good movie. Canadians make porn, comedies, and women talking. Uh, <laughs> fucking, I'd rather watch Better Than Chocolate. Well, of course, I would. There's boobs in it, but like, I don't know. I've seen serious Anyways. Canadian movies, Canadian bacon series. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Have I seen a Canadian drama? Treed Murray? Oh, Treed Murray. Yeah, there we go. Great yeah. movie. That curling um, one? That, that was a comedy. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen's in it. It's Canadians not a are funny people. What can I say? <laughs> uh, we also make good chocolate, apparently. Um, Vagina. You can find out more about that in <laughs> Chocolate Lesbian Room, the movie. I don't know. I just, I just uh, want us to do, let's do a month next year. Colin is Uncomfortable Month featuring Better Than Chocolate, <laughs> Blue is the Lesbian Room. Although, you know, there is a movie we've talked about before because you've seen it. Uh, the um, uh, Canadian movie, which is not nearly as dirty as the title sounds called My Awkward Sexual Adventure. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, movie yeah. by a, a local filmmaker. That's actually a, a good movie. Like, that's actually a good movie. A good movie. 
Well, good rom-com that has a much dirtier title than the movie. We are doing uh, a movie this year that's going to make... We're doing Showgirls this year. Fuck, I'm looking forward to Colin screaming. What's that on our list? It's on Bad, bad movie, movie Month. Month. You've never seen Showgirls, oh, have you? No, is there chocolate in it too? Well, I mean, certain things I'd like to lick. But seriously, it is... Uh, <laughs> from what I remember as a very young boy, not probably was well, a teenager, what can I be honest? It was quite dirty. So Jamie would like it. I mean, I, I feel awkward watching the sex scene in Terminator. So, I mean, <laughs> you get screwed in this movie. There's lap dances, there's boobs, uh, Robert Darby's in it. Uh, no. Robert Darby? Oh, now I'm excited. I think we talked about that when we had him on the show. I think he said, like, he's like weirdly proud of that movie. It's got a cult following. So, you know. Anyways, Jack punches a guy, he tases a guy. Uh, <laughs> he tases the marshal. Uh, and then he gets in the car with Prado. He punches him. Prado gives up the information. It's a cliffhanger. It's not the best cliffhanger. It's not the worst cliffhanger. The beginning of this season, I think that they learned from the mistakes of the beginning of the season where they were desperate for the cliffhangers. And I, I, the last couple have actually been quite good. This one is like, it's okay. It's because you know that this entire story was done for the purpose of a cliffhanger and will go no further than that, that it's a little bit annoying. And it's the weakest Jack Bauer torturing scene, I think. Like, you kind of get, like, a bit of, like, oh, Jack Bauer's a badass, you know? But, like, it's just literally him breaking a finger going, like, where's Marwan? Where's Marwan? Where's-? Yeah. This is the equivalent of stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. He's literally going, where's Marwan? Where's Marwan? Where's Marwan? Knife at his throat. Cool. Thanks for that. Bye. Like, it's just, there's no Wouldn't effort it- from Kiefer here. Like, it's so disappointing. Wouldn't it be great, though, if all of a sudden his phone rings and like, Jack, it's Bill. We got good news. The Justice Department okayed us interrogating him. I'm like, fuck. Great. I'll bring him <laughs> back inside. Oh, by the way, awkward thing. Um, I'm just going to catch him. But, oh, we fell over and broke his hand. <laughs> Every finger individually broken wasn't me. It oh, was I think this U.S. Marshal was just struck by lightning because it's raining so hard today. <laughs> so, you know, that uh, guy that left that you Amnesty Global. Yeah. Did you pay attention to his hands much when he left at all? No, I didn't actually. Oh, well, <laughs> I hear he's got a condition where his fingers just break suddenly. <laughs> it's a rare condition, but he's got it. Yes. I got nothing else to add if you do. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't have any trivia except the, the one bit that I would like to read from the 24 official companion season three for Taradalula, which I'm running out, by the way. I need to buy the season five one before we get to season five. Um, additional intel. Now, I'm sure you can see why I'm excited to read this this week. Actress Kim Raver was born and raised in New York City, where she still lives today. As a child, she appeared on Sesame Street, and her breakout adult role was as Kim, Br- Kim Zambrano on Third Watch, the series she left to work on 24. Third Watch reference. There it is. <laughs> Got excited. The end. More exciting than porn after school's over. Uh- tell you what. Um, third watch was my porn as a boy, so that sounds wrong. Um, <laughs> Jason Wiles does things to me. What can I say? Accurate. Bobby Cannavale, right? Oh, what a man. Uh, uh, he's got a new movie. I wanted to check it out. Um, so do I. Better than women talking. Is it called Bobby talking? I'm on board. Bobby talking. Bobby talking. I also talking. started watching. Is he an Ant-Man? Is, really is he back? No, he's not. And the other guy isn't either. Who is the the, the friend? Uh, Michael Pena? He's not even in it. I thought he said Michael Pena. Uh, it's, basically, it's basically Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd's daughter, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Evangeline Lilly with a lot less hair. Paul Rudd's daughter's hot. The, the, the original or the new one? The new one. The new I mean, you haven't seen one. the new movie, so I have to ask, and it's you. I've seen the trailer. Um, and she's of age. I don't also, worry, I've looked her up. 
The, the I also started watching. Um, this has nothing to do with the episode, but uh, that Rosamund Pike movie, I care a lot, where she basically steals millions from seniors in a care home. Sure, that was on my list for next week. I know it. Oh, it's a great movie. I just wanted to give that plug because I watched something good this morning while I was trying to sleep, um, and didn't really want to. You know, I was actually going to watch something tonight when I go to sleep. It's called Women Talking. (laughs) Because guess what? They're talking. It is a they're talking movie. They, it is a good movie. I'm sorry, I'm Uh, getting this out because it's going to be the whole episode. It is literally women in a room. Deciding what to do for 90 minutes. If I wanted that, I would go to any house with a real woman. I think there's a lot more to it than that. I, mean, I did talks not as pay well. attention to any of it because it was literally... Of course didn't pay attention. Should we leave? Should we stay? Or should we fight? God hates us. It's- cool. The end. <laughs> women talking. Uh, there's another movie which I'm even more excited for you to watch than women talking now. <laughs> uh, Oscar month will be coming soon. But anyways, um, I have a feeling you're going to bin this episode, but you might surprise me. Are you going to surprise me? No, it's a bin. I think I spoiled okay. it by saying this is the last bin of the season, but no, it's a bin. Um, it's not the lowest of the season, though. I have got... Um, this is the second highest bin of the season. So episode four, that was the uh, hold em up episode in the gas station. I've got that as the highest bin overall, but I've got this as the second highest bin overall. This is at 80th out of at 90 episodes. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm... Thoughts. That is your thoughts. I am Ben Waterworth. These are my thoughts. Um, I don't never want to hear your thoughts again. <laughs> you don't want to hear my thoughts. Trust me. No one wants to hear my thoughts. No one wants to hear them? Noah. No one. No one. No one. Are you binning this? No, I've got oh, it barely a rent. It is my second off. lowest rent. Why? Like, why? It's still, why? Uh, I mean, the story's still not bad. I, I, I like the the dock shootout. Um, the dog like shootout. The, Who's Keeper shooting dogs doc. again? Is this my Canadian accent again? Doc, stop shooting um, dogs, Keeper. Doc, Back to the Future coming soon. Yeah, I've got this number <laughs> seventy three overall. So this is my second lowest rent. We still have it um, close to where I have it, but yeah, like yeah, no, no. I mean, you got it as a no. not too bad bin. <laughs> I've got it as a pretty bad rent. Eh, like, I don't know. Like, it's just crap. Um, looking at my over overall rankings, um, this is 170th out of 216. So um, there's still a lot of bad to come. <laughs> a lot of... Uh, but yeah. not this season. No, this is the, the lowest one I will have for this season. Although, do I... Um, Thinking, do I? I rent one more and buy the rest. There's a spoiler. Good. I'm glad to have it spoiled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but next week, you tease that it's oh. going to be the return of somebody special. It's the return of somebody special, and also the murder of like another character gets to murder someone. Like, remember that episode when Chloe kills someone? It's next week. <laughs> oh no! And she doesn't kill Palmer. <laughs> that would be awkward. Oopsie. We got good and bad. Uh, like, look, it's it's a decent episode. I mean, it's it's the it's the teaser into what's going to be the best episode of the season the following week. But um, look, I think the the season ends solidly. Uh, we've got some really good stuff to come. But like, even next week, it's a decent episode. Even though Chloe killing someone is a sentence that no one should ever have to say. But um, I mean, it's worse when the first lady kills someone next season. But yeah, it's 
take away Chloe murdering someone. It's just, it like it that whole plot literally screams of what weird shit can Chloe. I think next week is the episode that people love Chloe. I feel that this, as much as I don't like her killing someone, I can see why the fans at that point are like, we are team Chloe. Because even if you think about what we've had this season, like, yeah, we've gotten some classic stuff, but I feel next week is the episode. And that's like solidifies her as the numero two to Jack Bauer in the history of 24. From my memory, I think it was more just the way it was presented. It, it, it looked and felt very cheesy. Oh, it does. It uh, is. And laughable. Um, it's Jack on the phone basically going like, basically doing what he did to Kim in season two. Damn it, Chloe, yeah. kill him. Yeah, but uh, I'm not looking forward to that. But Palmer is back, and uh, I mean, this pretty. How many episodes have we got left now? So we got five, five. six, uh, nineteen, six, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, six. You are correct. Yeah, six episodes to go. Mm. Um, we're almost at daylight. We're a quarter and to go. We have ten episodes to come in our Oscar month, uh, including. First up will be Avatar starts The Way of Water. Week. We already know yeah. that. Uh, starts this week. And then we'll, we will talk about women talking pretty soon. <laughs> uh, I'm more excited than Ben is. I'd like to formally apologize. We haven't recorded that episode yet, but just because by the time you hear our next 24 episode, you would have heard it. So I'd like to formally apologize if I sound ridiculously... I'm not being sexist in the episode. It's got nothing to do with... <laughs> it's just a boring movie. All right? It could be men talking, and I would still think it's exactly the same. Like, it's just... It's, it's a piece of shit. I'm sorry. It is a piece of shit. I did a shit tonight. I looked at it. I'm like, women talking. The movie, was not Wendy, real women talking. Wendy Crewson eating chocolate. Not she as can boring. eat my shit and it would be exciting. <laughs> I wasn't meaning that chocolate. Is that what the movie's about? Oh, we're definitely not covering women that. Women talking. Would you rather no. eat a piece of shit that tasted like chocolate or a piece of chocolate that tasted like shit? I, I would only ask is either gluten free. <laughs> that's the only thing I'm worried about. I mean, either way, like it's I, like really, that's the way you go to with that. Like you said, gluten free. <laughs> the shit is, but the chocolate isn't. I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna kill me or not. Remy's eaten it before. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like I love that's your go to of that that conundrum. <laughs> is it gluten free? Is it keto? I don't know. Can, can I share sugar, some with sugar Jamie? Free. Sugar, sugar free, free. Sugar free, gluten free, fat free, <laughs> taste free, uh, <laughs> Wendy Crewson free. I don't know. <laughs> this is how we ended this episode. Very appropriate. How do um, we go an hour and 12 minutes on this episode? For fuck's sake. Uh, Shut up, I'm, Colin. Stop talking. Blame chocolate. Anyways, my name is Colin, and this will help you with the pain. My name is Ben, and I'm innocent. I have nothing to hide. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)